The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Off another week of great discussions here. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the afterlife and communicating with the afterlife with world-renowned medium. Hollister Rand. This is going to be a fun, interesting, informative, and a great discussion all the way around. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Tomorrow night, John O'Connor will be here. John O'Connor, of course, is the lawyer for the person identified as Deep Throat. There's a little bit of controversy whether or not this individual was Deep Throat, but John O'Connor is the authority on this topic, and he'll explain why, why uh, this particular individual and uh, provide some evidence as to why this is the person, plus talk about the Watergate scandal all the way around. Uh, and also tomorrow night, Jennifer Peterson will be on the show as well uh, for a quick discussion about her YouTube channel. And then Wednesday, Carney Ann Nasser will be here to talk about animals, animal rights, and animal treatment. And we're going to specifically talk a little bit about the Tiger King stuff. <laughs> I don't know if you're sick of that or not yet. Uh, some people are, but it's still a fascinating story. In fact, I heard a song the other day, and the song was uh, Carol. What's that? Carol Bast? Is it Carol Bastion? Bast? Whatever her name was, uh, about killing her husband and feeding him to the tigers. And uh, it's a song now, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, even though I can barely uh, describe it for you. What else do we have going on? Um, great stuff coming up as the weeks go on. Well, first, next weekend is uh, 4th of July weekend. Hope you have nice plans. Hope you can have nice plans, given the fact that we're still under some restrictions. Plus, we're starting to see um, res resurgence in certain places of the coronavirus being spread. So just be careful. It's all about being careful. Uh, it's all about washing your hands. Wear a mask if you can. Makes sense to do so. And uh, uh, just, you know, take care of your family. That's what's important. So, I mean, I, I think one of the things that's fair to say is that Carol Baskin, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Um, one of the things that uh, we can safely say is that um, everyone has lost a loved one, maybe many more than just one. I know that, um, you know, I've lost all of my grandparents. I've lost both my mom and dad. I've lost... Um, of an uncle who's very, very close to me. And um, none of it is easy, right? None of that is easy to deal with. And the closer they are to you, the more grieving and the more difficult. So our discussion with Hollister Rand tonight will focus on that. And uh, Hollister has uh, some really kind and inspirational words for us, talking about how if we communicate in the right ways, we can get some relief from that grief, and we can um, we can feel a lot better. Um, and you know, we'll always miss the people that we lose, and hopefully, uh, we're missed when we when we our time comes. But um, communication is the key, and if we can do it, let's figure out how we can do it. Hollister is a is an expert on the topic, so we'll be talking about it tonight. Please follow us on uh, YouTube and on Twitch. Both of our channels are very very active. And they can both be found by going to the respective platforms and searching for J.V. Johnson. If you can subscribe, that's even better. I know that on uh, on um, 
Twitch, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free. Now, you can watch the program and participate in chat without subscribing. All you have to do. And I do, do ask that you follow, though. That's always helpful. So let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have our guest with us again tonight. We're talking with world-renowned medium, Hollister Rand. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. My last haircut was over seven months ago. Um, I... I know I said last week that I was going to try to get into the uh, place to get my hair cut this week, and I tried today, but now I didn't realize now you've got to book it out in advance. So this may go on for a while, and I'm apologizing. Our guest tonight is uh, world-renowned medium Hollister Rand, and we're going to be talking about her book called uh, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask. Hollister, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's such an honor to have you with us tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. And my hair is longer than it has been since college. Are you suffering the same thing? Can you? Are you in a situation where you just can't go get a you know your hair cut or styled or yes, whatever? Hair yeah. not done. Yes. So uh, yeah. So I'm going to do my own hair color. So that's going to be an interesting thing for people to see on Zoom. Well, good luck for that. You know, in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> the beginning of all this, I thought, oh wow, I'm kind of a free spirit now, and I've got an excuse. But at this point, it's just in my eyes all the time. And my son just made fun of me because it's curling up in the back i don't know it's, <laughs> you got a mullet going yeah yeah i think it's <laughs> it's too close to a mullet for comfort for sure anyway <laughs> welcome to the program it's great to have you here how are things in you're not you're in california right yes i'm in california in yeah. los angeles and it's kind of gotten a little heated there again hasn't it yes it has um in more ways than one. And what I find so fascinating about this time in history, um, my book was released on May 5th, and it's a book about the afterlife. And my assistant said to me, Hollister, this is the worst time to release this book. I said, this is the best time to release this book. When in recent memory have we had the entire world thinking about life and death? That's a great point. I mean, we have a lot of time to reflect on things, but particularly when, you know, you read the headlines and you're watching the news broadcasts and they're talking about disease and they're talking about um, a death toll from the disease, you can't help but think about this stuff. Well, exactly. And I am a person of service. So I think, okay, how can I be of service? And one of the awful things that we've been hearing from people is that their loved ones are dying alone. And so uh, in my book, I talk about how that isn't the case. Um, not, not, of course, realizing as I was writing this book that a pan- we'd be in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. Um, but people are always concerned about loved ones dying on their own, not being there when someone passes. You know, does it uh, create a terrible situation for them as they pass alone? Uh, well, I'm here to let everyone know that no one dies alone. Everyone is taken care of. You know, this might be getting ahead of ourselves in the conversation, but I do have to pick up where you just left it, because that is such an important point. 
Um, and we've had folks on the program that have talked about, um, you know, final words or, you know, uh, I can't remember exactly how they describe it, but but the, the moments leading up to death, how there's some experiences. And even if you're with a loved one as they're doing this, as they're making this transition, you, you see them talking to people. You see them, My mother, in my mother's case, she was saying, who's the man in the corner? There was no man in the corner that I saw, but she was convinced there was a man in the corner. Um, this this is kind of what you're talking about, isn't it? There's there is something going on that we can't see or experience directly uh, that it might be. I'm hoping is comforting for people that are making that transition. Absolutely, there's a the welcome mat is thrown out, and no matter how quickly someone passes, so even if it's traumatic in a car accident or you know a bomb or you know something that seems very sudden and uh, tragic and terrifying to us, um, there are first responders in spirit as well, and I talk about that in my book too. Um, but there's a story in the book about a husband who was dying, and he. He kept looking up in the corner of his room, and even when his wife and his daughters came in the room, he could barely pull his eyes away from that space. And uh, his wife kept hoping that perhaps that was his beloved mother who was there in the room with him as he was dying. Well, during our session together, um, her husband did indeed come to speak with her and mentioned his mother was there waiting for him as he was passing. But what's really interesting is the corner of the room is discolored. The paint is discolored. That area that he kept looking at changed color. And they've never painted over it. Wow. Wow. Um, and it, it changed color after they noticed it after this experience. After this experience. So I'm, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know what might have caused that. But I do know that with spirit presence, there can be tremendous heat or tremendous cold. And so that may very well have affected the paint. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's something that a lot of people that have experienced phenomena, whether they've been looking for it or it's found them, um, talk about. They talk about uh, intense temperature changes, and uh, that's got to be able to affect the, uh, the environment around it. Yes, well, it affects me because when I'm up in front of a group of people, although I haven't been doing that recently, I do it on Zoom. But when I'm in a room full of people or I'm even doing it on Zoom, I will start to perspire. I should probably wear a headband, especially with the long hair going on now. (laughs) Hollister, how did this start for you? When did you first notice that you had, you know, an extra level of of, uh, sensitivity to this or perception to this? Well, that's actually two questions. Um, As a child, I was aware of spirits as though they were absolute real people. And so it didn't occur to me that I had extra level anything. I thought this was, I thought everybody could see everybody all the time. So it was a bit of a shock when people started trying to explain death to me as a child. When my grandfather died and he still was kissing me on the forehead at night and I had people from my church trying to explain, yes, you know, Pop-Pop has gone to heaven. I I just, what is that? I don't know what that is because as far as I was concerned, he was still there. So then I started getting the message and the understanding that not everybody was seeing all the people that I could see. And that brought with it kind of the, uh uh-oh, I don't want to be different. Maybe this is not so great. 
And as you started to make that realization, did it start to scare you? Yes. And it, that didn't scare me. The realization didn't scare me. But what did scare me were the spirits that started showing up that I did not know. At first, uh, they were familiar spirits. My grandfather, who then brought a young boy with him, who I later found out was my uncle who died of complications due to appendicitis. Um, so he came. So it was family and it was, you know, kind of comfortable spirits. But then it became stranger danger, you know, uh, spirits in the hallway. And, yeah, no, that was really uncomfortable. Uh, when These initial contacts, before you recognized uh, maybe exactly what was going on there. Like you said, your grandfather was coming to you. That seemed perfectly normal to you. Um, were there conversations going on as well, uh, specifically with your grandfather, but then after when these strangers started to show up, were they trying to talk to you? Well, there were those who were not even allowed in my room. I could see them in the hallway. I could feel them, you know, sort of outside my door. But I did have a childhood friend named Janet, and her grandmother had died, and we went into her grandmother's. She lived in a duplex. We went into her grandmother's part of the duplex, and I opened up the uh, armoire, and there was her grandmother's head talking to me. Now, I know everybody thinks that's a little strange and maybe macabre, but for a kid, you don't know any better. Think about the Cheshire Cat. Right. You know, we kind of live in this world of fantastical, so that didn't seem strange at all. And then I would share whatever the grandmother said with Janet. Um, and that's when it really began to dawn on me, huh, Janet doesn't see her grandmother, but I do, and I can hear her, too. Well, well tell me a little bit about your family. Uh, first of all, were, were you a religious family? Did your mom and or dad or anybody else in your household uh, have similar experiences or sensitivities? Well, yes and yes. So once again, a double question. You're good at these. Um, <laughs> so my family is both sensitive and religious. So my father grew up Catholic, um, but I was brought up in the Episcopal Church. Uh, in the family church, the village church that my mother had grown up in. So uh, it was not only cultural and religious, it was also familial. And I sang in the church choir, I did all of that. But my mother was incredibly psychic. And I remember one day the phone rang. Um, I had come home after school, the phone rang. I picked it up and my mother said, take your hands off my Malamars. And that was her favorite cookie, by the way. And my hand had been in the cookie jar before she called me. Oh, wow. So my mother, incredibly psychic. She used to say, uh, she was a school teacher, she used to say, I've got eyes in the back of my head. You know what? She did. She really did. She really did. <laughs> That's a little scary still, in itself. You know, I still can't eat a Malamar without feeling tremendously guilty. Hollister, you can't get away with anything as a child if that's the case. That's really frightening. You really can't. Now, my sister's also very psychic. Uh, she started talking with animals. Um, my father is on the science side of things. So even to this day, he'll say to me, you know, Hall, I, you know I don't believe in any of that. Well, you know, I just had to get his goat, so I dedicated this latest book to him. As, I, I want to know a little bit more about how you would walk up the stairs 
as a child in the the hallway. I think it was the stairs. Maybe it was just the hall, but it would be filled. It was the stairs. Fill- going in the, I was already in my room in my bed. I, and whenever the lights went out, that's when it would happen. And you could see these spirits, and they were trying to, they needed, I, I, I assume they needed you. They're looking for someone who they could communicate to. Well, what I've learned is that spirits can be opportunists. And so if the word gets out that someone can see them, they're like, yeah. Go to that girl's house. So, um, you know, it was kind of open season. Over time, um, I have learned to manage this, and I work very specifically at the frequency of love now. So I've moved away from ghost busting, ghost hunting, ghost anything. Um, And so one of the questions I answer in the book is, what is the difference between a ghost and a spirit? Uh, Because a lot of people do confuse the two. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, a lot of people use those words interchangeably. Are they not interchangeable? No, I mean, Twix has made a whole campaign, an ad campaign around, oh, some people say you're a ghost and I'm a spirit, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of confusion about that. Um, And not everybody differentiates uh, between ghosts and spirits, but I happen to. So for me, a spirit is is a loved one or a higher level, like an angel or a guide, someone that comes in love with our best interests at heart. A ghost is someone who's often attached to a piece of real estate, has a bone to pick, um, and, uh, and really will tell that same story to anyone. So for me, uh, I, have a little, I have a little cheat sheet in the book and, and it basically says ghosts are attached to places on earth and spirits remain connected to loved ones. Ghosts can be demanding. Spirits are respectful. Ghosts hang on to grievances and anger. Spirits take responsibility for their actions. Ghosts are resistant to change. Spirits are willing to share their own transformation and encourage healing in others. And ghosts are energized by fear. Spirits are powered by love. So I am convinced that as a child, once I learned that this was not okay to do, um, the fear around it helped allow these ghosts to find me. Hollister, am I right in understanding, based on what you just said, is it fair to say that a lot of the difference between ghost and spirit is is attitude or motivation for what they're doing? I love it. I say ghosts are spirits with a bad attitude. <laughs> you summed it up. Yes. Wow. Um, so, so then I would have to also extend that logic and say that spirits won't haunt, but ghosts could haunt. Yes. And that's really what I would say is that respect that spirits have. So we don't have to worry about them you know, hanging out in the bedroom when we're having a fling or, you know, watching us in the shower. They're not prurient that way. Um, There really is a connection with a loved one in spirit when we think about them. Boom, it's as though the the connection is instant. When we're doing something with them in mind, like making, uh, a lot of people are making sourdough bread and, you know, cooking old family recipes. When we do that, we bring in our loved ones in spirit. Ghosts have no respect. Um, and in fact, will think that you are invading their space. Mm. 
So I have been in all sorts of haunted places, but I will tell you the biggest difference. I knew that I had really changed my calibration with dealing with the other side. When I spent the night in the most haunted B&B in Salem, Massachusetts, with my sister and a bunch of people, it was like a, a B&B, a bed and breakfast. I slept through the whole night. At breakfast the next morning, everybody was like, oh, my God, did you see the woman in the hoop skirt? And, you know, they had all of these experiences, and I slept like a baby. (laughs) Is it possible to uh, facilitate a ghost becoming a spirit based on the definitions you just gave us? Is there a way to transition them over? Yes, absolutely. And there are mediums who do that. That is their job. They see themselves as rescuers as helpers in that way. And I commend them for that. Um, That is not, you really need fortitude for that work. So I I really thank them for that. So yes, there is always the opportunity to change. No one is ever stuck. No one has to stay in one place. There is always opportunity to change. The um, communication that you do doesn't end with words or ideas, you can also get a sense of a spirit's personality and emotions with your contact. Isn't that right? Yes. And that's probably my favorite part, um, is that I really feel like I am getting to know the person. And you know, what's really funny is my first book was about kids in spirit. And so I spoke with a lot of kids and they like, they like to poke me. You know, if I do this, can you feel that? If, so they're always experimenting. And that playful energy um, and feeling also their personalities and also how they have died. So what I find intriguing is when people have died really quickly, I don't feel it. And very often they will follow up by saying, I didn't feel it. I was, I was shot out of my body. It happened so quickly. And that is really a wonderful thing to know. Yeah. Uh, because there, we tell ourselves stories about how a loved one has died, how they have suffered. And there were parents uh, who came to see me. They, the last vision they had of their son was he was running across a football field on fire due to a, a fireworks accident. Um, and so they had this horrible horrible idea of how their son had suffered and how he was terrified and how he was in pain. And that wasn't at all what he shared with me. There was a young man who said, I saw the light, then I saw the light. Well, what happened was he was on a skateboard and he hit a light pole. So he literally saw the light and then saw the light. It was that fast. But his parents were terrified that he had laid there at the bottom of this light pole dying wondering where everybody was, why he was dying alone. Wasn't the case at all. He saw the light, then he saw the light. There's certainly comfort in that. I want to talk about this emotional concept, this concept of emotions in spirits, though. Um, One of the things that we are told often, and I'm I'm assuming that what you just said also confirms this, is that when we make this transition, we lose pain, we lose a lot of the things that that are physical form, suffers with during the course of our life's lifetime. So when we move, make that transition, what about emotionally? Do we feel negative emotions on the other side as well? Are they, are they pure love 
related well, I emotions? I would say ghosts do because they have a grievance Okay. Going. So there's, you know, uh, they're really kind of bent out of shape. But the spirits that I speak at the, with, the spirits I speak with at the frequency of love, I wouldn't say they are devoid of emotion, but what I would say is it's elevated. So it's love, joy, and peace. There's a, 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 an uplifting, and my heart swells as I speak with them. It's almost a hard space to step back from when I'm done. We're talking tonight with Hollister Rand, internationally renowned medium. We're talking about her work and her book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask. Hollister, this this is your second book, though, right? You had a book earlier, I think you referenced it in one of the answers to the questions, and that was, was it geared for kids, or was it? A- it wasn't geared for kids. It was, it was called I'm Not Dead, I'm Different. Kids in Spirit Teach Us About Living a Better Life on Earth. And this is a resu- uh, result of communications you've had with spirit ch- children spirits? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. And they taught you some things. They taught all of us some things, apparently. Yes. I, I, first of all, I love the young in spirit. They are completely unvarnished and enthusiastic. I love it. And I also love pets in spirit. Um, pets and children often seem similar to me, and that could be because we've made pets our children these days. By the way, Hollister's website is her name, HollisterRand.com. Hollister, is there a difference between a clairvoyant and a medium? Are those words interchangeable? In my book, I explain the differences between a medium, a psychic, and a channeler. And I also talk about the different abilities that both mediums and psychics have. You can be a clairvoyant psychic, and you can be a clairvoyant medium. Clairvoyance is a description of a talent, a way that you receive information. Um, And you can get it from, if you are psychic, you are reading the energy around people, places, and things. If you clear see things, clairvoyant, then you are clairvoyant psychic. If you see spirit, you can be a clairvoyant medium. And you're a clairvoyant medium, right? Yes, I am. When you're communicating... um... You, 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 because you've just told us you're a clairvoyant, you get visions, but do you also, do you hear the, the voice of the spirit that is communicating with you at the time, or is it more of a telepathic uh, communication? It can be both. So there's subjective clairaudience, which is a clear hearing, um, or objective. So uh, there are times when I will hear spirit voices outside of my body as though they are speaking to me. And other times it's more of an internal voice, which I know doesn't sound like me. What about a sense of humor? One of the things that I read about you is you have quite a sense of humor, and I've already experienced it here tonight, so I know it's true. How does that help you with communication of the, in the, into the spirit world? Does it make you more approachable? Well, what I think is that I'm not that funny, to be honest. <laughs> I think the spirits make me really funny. Is that what it is? Um, because they use it as a tool to lighten the mood. Spirits can be hilarious. 
And I'll give you an example. I was doing an event, and there was a lady in the first row, um, and I'm giving all these messages, and I said something dumb and funny, and everybody cracked up, including this lady, and I saw a man standing next to her, started speaking with him. It was her husband. Now, she had gone to a number of other mediums. She told me this afterwards. And they weren't able to communicate with her husband. Now, I knew these mediums, and they were darn good mediums. So I knew it wasn't an issue with their work. So I thought, what is this? And I realized, oh, my goodness, she was laughing. She forgot she was grief-stricken for a moment. And all of a sudden, her husband was able to ride on that laughter and say, I'm here. So it shifts the energy. It changes things. And it just helps the communication. When spirits make the transition, when somebody makes a transition and they pass and, and um, they're in the, on the other side, I'm not sure. What, well, maybe this is a better question to ask first. What do we call the other side? Well, the first question in the book is, is there really an afterlife? Because we call, first of all, we call it all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. People describe it in many different ways. Uh, People will even say heaven to me. Even spirits will say heaven to me. And that was a little confusing because I thought, what do you, uh uh-oh, you know, is there a heaven? Will some of us miss the boat if we don't believe in that? But I realized that sometimes spirits will use a vernacular that we can understand or that we would relate to or that their families would. So what is the afterlife? And is there really an afterlife? And what is this thing? Well, the spirits have made it very simple. They say there is no afterlife. There is only life. Hmm. So for them, it isn't a different place. It isn't a different thing. They aren't different. Um, But they have to communicate with us in a different way. So we have bodies, and they don't have physical bodies. And that seems to be the difference. And they recognize this, right? They understand that. Most do. Um, I I find it, that's why I think the kids poke at me, because they're, they're, okay, if I do this, will, will she understand this? I feel as though spirits practice on me so that they can communicate directly with their loved ones. I think that's the goal of the spirit world, is to eventually have complete connection with people here on this earth plane. So once some a person uh, leaves their physical body, and according to what you've learned from the spirits, they it's not an afterlife, it's life. Does the spirit stay in that form for eternity, or does something else happen? While I'm speaking with a spirit, they may change the way they look, 20 to 30 times if they'd like. When you say the way they look, do you mean the form they change? Because look, just look at us. Mm -hmm. We, over a lifetime, we've even been talking about it here. In five to seven months, you and I have changed our appearance. Right. Just because we haven't been going and getting our hair cut. That's right. So... We, we, over life, you know, over our physical lives, we physically change. And spirits may come to me at a time in their lives where they felt most alive or where there was great hope or where they weren't ill. Or they may come to me 
old. They may come to me infirm and then show themselves as younger as we speak. So they're very fluid in the way they present themselves. Uh, that's always been very fascinating to me, especially when I had three sisters who came, and I had a lady speak. I didn't know they were sisters. They, they came together, and I thought it might be, you know, a sister, a friend, and a daughter. I really wasn't sure. There was quite an age range. Um, and a woman came and spoke with each of them, made it clear she was the same woman, but she looked completely different. She felt different. And it turns out that she, these were all sisters. And I said, you all had different mothers, but she's the same woman. And they said, we just had that conversation before we came here today. Our mother was the same mother, but she was different with each of us. She wasn't the same person. Hmm. So we have that experience here on the earth plane. So, of course, spirits will you know, show different aspects of themselves depending on whom they, they're speaking with. And what is the description they give you of where they are? I was going to call it the afterlife, but as you pointed out, there is no afterlife. It's just life. Are they roaming uh, among yeah, us? It on... where. It's more of a frequency, a okay. vibration. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to be location-based. Um, and yet, what I will say is there was one spirit I spoke with who said, I am walking the fences of heaven, and it just goes on and on and on. Well, it turns out he was a rancher, and every night he would walk the fences of his property. So, of course, he was trying to do the same thing in the afterlife. But he couldn't seem to find the end to anything. So it, it doesn't seem to be a fenced-in place. Is, and what I've discovered, too, is spirits can be with more than one person at the same time. So we don't have to worry about uh, being spirit stealers. So if a, a child has died and the mother feels this child with her in spirit, she doesn't have to worry that that child isn't also with its sibling mm -hmm. or the father or a grandmother. Mm -hmm. These spirits can be in more than one place at a time. So it's more consciousness-based. Going back to the example you gave of uh, a rancher, say, who walks his fence line, that's what he does in the other side, in the other part of his life, um, after he leaves his physical form. It, does that indicate to you, or maybe you've got more information that you could share with us, does it, but does it indicate that we make our own environment on that other side? There is absolutely that understanding that I've received from the spirits, and I talk about that at length in my newest book, because people say, what is the afterlife like? Well, I've seen people playing cards. There was, there was one mother who used to play like a killer game of poker when she was on the earth. Well, she's still playing poker, but was a little irritated that everybody in the afterlife seems to win. So she didn't like that part of it. But people play bingo. They go for hikes. There was one young man who told his mother, I made the jump. Well, he had died here mid-jump, you know, off a ski. I think he was skiing or snowboarding. And he died. But he made the jump. He completed it um, as he continued his life. So, yes, we can create the 
It's a space of creation where things are instantly created, where it's a world of thought. Um, and here we, we see it, but we see it played out over time. There isn't time as we know it with the spirits. So they think it, and it's there. And I've experienced this as I speak with them. Sometimes the images come very, very quickly, and the thoughts just fly by. It's, it's really kind of fast. They're fast. I have to ask a follow-up to, to a question I asked a minute ago. I said, how do they describe, um, or no, I, I, how long do they stay uh, on the other side? And um, you said that's when you, t you answered, well, there's not an afterlife. It's just life. It's just a continuation. Mm -hmm. um, but but. Do they ever re-enter a body as another person, like in a reincarnation scenario? Yes, they do. There is reincarnation. The spirits have spoken with me about that. But the one, and I talk about this in my book, actually, there's a whole section on the big questions, you know, God, reincarnation, karma, you know, all of that kind of stuff. One of the things that I would say is we do not have to worry about missing a loved one who has reincarnated someplace. Uh, and the reason we don't have to worry about that is that in some areas of the world, reincarnation is something that happens as a matter of course. It has been in the lexicon for thousands of years. Here in the United States, Western Europe, it's a newer concept. And it seems as though our group of people will say things like, I will wait for you. So I have yet to come across any situation in which I haven't been able to connect with a spirit because they've reincarnated someplace else. just doesn't seem to be happening that way. When I speak with people, this happened with a, a lady who called me from India, uh, I said to her, oh, grandfather is here because a man in spirit said grandfather is here. So I thought he was referring to himself. And she said, yes, grandfather is here. He was born yesterday. Well, that knocked me for a complete loop yeah. until I realized that it was grandfather's brother who was talking to me, making the indication that, yes, grandfather had reincarnated in the family. Everybody was expecting it. They recognized him, and all was fine. So we don't have to worry about missing our loved ones on this karmic wheel. What about God? Do any of these spirits, when they communicate with you, talk about God? Yes, and in various ways. There was one lady uh, who said to me, I wanted to die and see the face of God. So I shared that with her daughter. And, of course, I followed up with my own question to her. Well, well did you see the face of God? I right. was really curious. And she said to me, I did not see the face of God. God is everywhere. I thought, well, now that's intriguing. Yeah. I have also spoken with spirits who talk about goddesses. I have talked with spirits who talk about angels. Um, I have even seen Jesus Christ show up as a spirit with a man who works as a healer with the Christ consciousness. So well, what I can tell you, it's a really big afterlife. No wonder that guy couldn't walk around it. If if some of them talk about God and they talk about um, God being everywhere, which is kind of a, a concept that seems to be um, uh, more more commonly shared, uh, a lot of the, again a lot of the conversations we have in this program, it, 
people are starting to recognize that maybe this deity is not a man with a beard in the sky looking down on us. Maybe it is all of us. Maybe it is the connection of all of us that is God. Maybe it is something greater than that. And that kind of sounds like what you're saying here. Well, the spirits have shown me how we are all networked. And it's... uh, Sprint came up with the Framley Network. I wish I had come up with that myself, (laughs) because that's actually kind of what I see. I remember once I was sitting in the dark with a bunch of other mediums, and... And we, we sit there, commune with the spirits, get direction, that kind of thing, develop our abilities. And I looked up and could see this blue network. And I thought, oh, my goodness, there it is. There's a network, and we are all connected. We absolutely are. And so there are different expressions of, of God. There's, there are different expressions of this creativity, of this love. And people may express it differently or key into it differently. But what's really fascinating to me, and I think I shared this in the new book as well, uh, but people are starting to call me now before they die. Uh, There is now assisted suicide in several states, people who are terminal and choose not to uh, suffer the ravages for whatever their reason may be, the ravages of a disease right to the end. So that was not something I saw coming in my work, was that I would be talking with people before they die. Well, people not only want to talk about spirit, the afterlife, they want to talk about how do I communicate with my loved ones once I go. But there was an interesting lady who contacted me. Her family was Christian. Her friends were Buddhist. And they both, they all wanted different ceremonies for her after she died. And she wasn't sure what to do. And she didn't know whether what side she should come down on. You know, uh, she thought she was fine with Jesus, but she didn't want to disappoint her Buddhist friends who wanted to pray over her for four days. So what I said to her, and I talk about this in the book, is you are very concerned. And she wanted to know how to communicate with her loved ones. I said, you're very concerned about everybody you love, aren't you? And she said, yes, I am. I said, you're more concerned about how they're going to handle your death than how you are. She said, yes, that's right. I said, then you're already set up for communicating because you have already set up that you love them and that you care about their experience and that this isn't the end, no matter which door you may walk through. So people are grappling with these issues. They are grappling with, is there one right way or is there one wrong way or what happens? How can we please everybody? When you do a reading, how does it affect you, Hollister? How does it affect you emotionally, spiritually, and, and physically? It must Does it drain you? I also answer this in the book. Did you read this book? <laughs> I mean, my goodness, you're asking all the questions in the book. This is great. Um, one of the questions in the book is, is mediumship exhausting work? Is it exhausting being a medium? And yes, it can be. Because I'm working at higher level frequencies. Um, And we are not necessarily meant in physical bodies to be operating at these high frequencies all the time. So it can feel a little bit like an earthquake. 
Um, you know, I start to sweat. Uh, sometimes I shake. Um, my eyes will fly back and forth very, very quickly um, as my brain waves change and all of that kind of thing. Uh, and so I limit myself to a certain number of sessions I'm willing to do a day and how many events I'm willing to do in a week or a year. So I'm very careful about that. And I teach my students um, to set boundaries with the work as well. We're going through uh, some very strange times globally, not just here in the United States, but all around the world, particularly as it relates to the coronavirus. But we have other things going on as well. Does that affect what the spirit world is communicating about? And and one of the things that, that, that comes to mind is obviously this coronavirus pandemic is continually being compared to the Spanish flu outbreak in the early part of the 20th century. A lot of people died from that. Do those folks that suffered and died from that uh, Spanish flu outbreak, do they have anything to say to us, words of wisdom about what's happening to us now? Well, I was doing a, an online event, and a woman showed up in spirit for one of the participants and gave her name. And the woman said, yes, I, I know who that is, but I did not know her. I never met her. She died before I was born. She is my aunt. And I said she was snatched from this world. And she said, yes, she was snatched from this world at the age of 18 from pneumonia, interestingly enough. Next spirit who shows up is her father in the Navy. And he talked about how he was in World War II in the Navy. He was a serviceman, that he and his sister, that whole generation, we were of service. And they indicated that they're all coming back to help us now. And even more than that, um, I was reading the, the book, the audio, because there's an audio version of the book. Uh, so I was reading the audio version, and I got to the question about guides and angels. What are the differences between guides and angels? And I'm reading along, everything's fine. And then I get to the line which says, I'm seeing angels with stunning frequency. This could be due to a threat to life on our planet. Mm. And I paused. I had to stop. I, yeah. I said to the producer uh, you know, of the audiobook, we'd, we'd have to stop. We have to stop. I mean, I'm even getting choked up thinking about it right now. Because I realized I had been saying, I'm seeing angels a lot for the last four years I've been saying this. And then I put it in the book, and the book was obviously well written, you know, written well before the pandemic. And there I was thinking, my goodness, they were here. So we are being helped through this. And much to my surprise, I found out that I had lost a great uncle in the, in the flu pandemic. He died um, of the Spanish flu after he'd been married two years. And I thought, oh, my goodness, he is here helping me. I didn't even know about you, Uncle Emil, and here you are. So, yes, we are being helped. This was not a surprise to the spirits. So... When I picked up reading the audiobook the next day, the following lines talked about transformation, that the spirits are here to help us make the leap, 
this transforming energy that is here, this change, this possibility to become uh, the best that we can possibly be. And I think that we are seeing this with all the unrest and all of the demands for justice, for change, for transformation. We're seeing that right now. And the Spirit saw it before, and they're going to escort us through it. Are they doing that all the time for us and we're just not aware of it? Absolutely. People will say to me, how do I meet my guide? I want to meet my guide. I need to converse with my guide. Well, you know what? The guides are going to help you whether you know who they are or not. And maybe you should just give them a little peace and let them just do their work rather than harassing them all the time with what you think you need. Because the bottom line is the spirits are here for us. And what I will, what I will say to people who come to me for readings and things like that is, you know what? The spirits know what we need even more than we do. They want this work to happen even more than we do. And I realized that when in my work, spirits that people hadn't heard of, hadn't known of in their family, or maybe some that they didn't necessarily even wanted to speak to would show up. But a great healing would take place or a fabulous message would come forward. And that is because they are here to help us heal. Um, Nicole, in our chat room, uh, asked specifically, how can they help us? Obviously, they're not physical. We are. What are they doing? Is it, is it, a, is it a, a subtle guidance they're giving us almost intuitively? Um, oh, sometimes it's not subtle at all. <laughs> and I do answer that question in, in the book as well. So how can spirits help us? Spirits can intervene, but they can't interfere. So that's where the line is drawn. So I'll give you an example, uh, a very simple one. Uh, there was a woman who came to see me, and her father in spirit mentioned that her mother had fallen, but that he had guided her to the ground. And although it would have been a very uh, serious fall, it happened not to be a serious fall. And her mother said, yeah, she said to me, it was as though I, I was carried to the floor. Her mother couldn't even believe it. Well, after that, they ended up putting in handrails and, you know, hand grasps and all sorts of things that her mother was very resistant to before that fall. The father in spirit made it very clear he was the one who helped her. And it was through that situation that she also was willing to help herself. So that's how they can help us. Um, he didn't stop the fall. But there was a way to transform it into a way that she could still remain independent um, and retain her dignity at the same time. And he was also demonstrating her love. Spirits can also inspire people to enter our lives or share information with us. Look at synchronicity in your life, things that wouldn't make sense in your life, except that it kept, keeps happening over and over again or coming to you in different ways. Things that make you scratch your head and go, what? That kind of synchronicity is the spirits working on your behalf. When I see high levels of synchronicity in my life, I know that I'm connected. Tonight we're talking with world-renowned medium Hollister Rand, and we're talking about her book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife, but we're afraid to ask. Hollister, I'm going to try to squeeze a call or two in here before I get to some more questions for you. Let's go to the phones. This is Jennifer 
from Florida. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the program. Hi. You're Hi, on? Jennifer. You have some sensitivity yourself, do you not? I do. <laughs> yeah, because as I, as I hear your voice, I just see all sorts of colors going off uh, with you. So you have a great sensitivity and consider yourself an empath, do you not? I do. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you feel things very, very deeply, and you love animals as well, correct? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want you to know there are animals dancing around. There are cats and dogs, by the way. There, There is a very small, looks almost like a Shih Tzu-type dog jumping around, okay. so that may be a family dog, or you were hoping to get a dog like that. Now, you don't also have a grandmother on your mother's side who has passed, do you? Yes, I do. Because that lady's coming in here wanting to say hello to you. She's drawing an A in the sky, so there's an Ada or Alma name that she wants to mention here tonight as well. Now, she's also showing me boxes. It looks like you might be packing up, clearing out, that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about, yes? Yes. Okay. So she says you're looking to make a move and you're looking to make a change. But take a deep breath, she says. Give it a rest. Allow things to develop as they will. Does that make sense to you? It does. Okay. Well, I hope that helps, my dear. Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you for the phone call, Jennifer. I hope things are safe for you in Florida. Again, the telephone number, if you want to uh, join us for a quick call with our guest tonight, Hollister Rand, is 607-282-4029. Hollister, when did you decide... Well, I didn't even give her a chance to take a breath. But, you know, sometimes the spirits just want to get in and get get their message in and get out. How often do the spirits, like, they, they're kind of like waiting in the wings to deliver these, you know, deliver these messages, probably very frustrated that they can't, you know, at ne necessarily at will. And then along comes Hollis Duran and opens this channel. <laughs> well, that's really funny. But the good news is they have eternity, so they're very patient. So, yeah, they're not just waiting for me, but I'm happy to be of service. Um, tell us about when you decided to write the book, everything you wanted to know about the afterlife but were afraid to ask. The book is a Q&A format, and it sprang uh, from the events that I would do. And people were asking questions during events. I've been doing this work for 25-plus years. What shocked me was at events, people were asking more questions, not fewer. I thought that as people became familiar with mediumship and spirits, that they would sort of get to know everything, but that wasn't the case. And then afterwards, people would come up to me and ask the most interesting questions, and they wouldn't want to ask them in front of the group. So I started collecting those questions, and I put them together in the book. People have a lot of questions about this. In fact, some people um, fear the, the, the end, which isn't really the end is what we're learning here, but fear death so greatly that these questions and these answers are probably a focus of a lot of people's lives, especially as they get older. Yes. Well, my book, actually, at the end, it says the end, and in parentheses, not really, <laughs> uh, because it's, it's never the end. It's not the end to our knowledge. I know there's another book after this, because as I work with the spirits, things continue to evolve. Uh, but what I find is people are afraid sometimes of what or who they might meet. 
so the person that they really had a hard time with, or the abuser, or the father uh, who left them, will they finally get the answers to those questions? So I find that by answering these questions in the book, it's helpful to people to know that, for for instance, I'm not sure if it was in this book or the previous book, but there uh, were two young boys who were killed by their father, who then killed himself. And when these boys came to visit with me, they did not come with their father. So we do not have to be with our abusers. And yet, I will have multiple husbands show up for one wife um, with whom I'm speaking. Uh, so some of them are exes and, and some of them died. So it's, it's amazing because there isn't jealousy. There isn't that separation. The spirits can come together and all love us if they're able to match that frequency. Let's go back to the phone lines. This is Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine, welcome to the program. Hi, JV. Thanks for calling Hi, in. Hi, Hollister. You're on with Hi, Hollister. You don't like ex- extraterrestrials, do you? ETs. ETs. <laughs> um, I was told by a reader that my lineage goes to another star system, so could be an okay, RH because negative. That's the link and I have for you. I know that sounds me. strange, I, you know, because I'm not an ET person. But as I, as I hear your voice, I'm like, woo, look at that. There's this ET connection that she has. So, and one of the ways that you may find that actualized in your own life is you, you could have challenges around money and not understand, like, what, what is this thing called money and what we have to work to earn it? And, you know, uh, and not really understanding the rules of this planet. Does that make sense to you? You might be an outlier. Uh, yeah, time yeah. seems to be a thing I have an issue with. I lose it. Um, I feel like I move slower than it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mostly so time. You Money, really may I not feel at home here. Of, but there are but some, some little tips and tricks I can give you. Um, one of the things I talk a lot about in my book and in my classes is this simple thing called grounding. It will help all of us. For those of us who are feeling a little spacey right now or may not even feel, you know, feel like we've been dropped down from another star even or another, you know, another planet or another system, you can feel yourself when you wake up in the morning. Feel yourself connected to this earth plane. And allow yourself to be part of this dance of life here on this planet at this time. Allow yourself that. Does that make sense to you? Um, slightly, but sometimes like devastating news um, causes me to have a disconnect. Like yes, and grounding will also help with that. Because that empathic thing that you are dealing with, you absorb it. It's almost like you're a dark, you know, your dark energy or dark matter, and you just you suck it in like you're, you have a big gravitational field. And so everyone around you will feel better, but you feel worse. Yeah. That's so a work with grounding, my dear. I really do think that that will help you. People can suck your energy dry. 
And yes, yeah, you can they share can. everything. Um, you can and be I think I also, in my book, talk about ways that we can protect ourselves as well, because I have to do this living in the world, and also doing this work in the middle of a pandemic where so many people are dying and so many people are in grief. There has to be a way to work with the energy. You can do this. Um, I hope you can get a copy of the book, learn some grounding, learn some protection. I really think it's going to help you get through this time um, with as little difficulty as possible. You can oh, do this. I, I know you can. I, I've if been I can actually do it, doing do some it. peer support work, like in my internship. So we are doing some meditation. Well, meditation um, is going to open you up. And um, what I'm talking about is this sense of being connected to the earth, well protected so that you're building out energy around you so that not everything hits you, not all the energy and the thoughts and the fears and all of the stuff flying around hits you in your heart. Limitations like curfews. That's exactly right. Setting energetic boundaries. It's going to be important for you going forward. Jasmine, thank you so much for the phone call. We appreciate you listening and joining us tonight. Um, uh, it's it's amazing how quickly, Hollister, you connect with people. It's, it's instantly. Well, it's not me. Uh, the spirits are very, very, I said this is this network. And so basically, you know, boom, I just step into the network. There they are. When again, I, I kind of said it a bit tongue in cheek after the last caller, but are these spirits uh, kind of waiting in the wings? Maybe did, are they aware that you're on this program and these particular people are listening to this program? And yes. is that really and not happening? Only that they will draw people to your program. Oh, wow. So uh, and and I always like to find out how people come to me because I find it really interesting, and often. You know, they'll hear about me from a friend. And then one lady said, yeah, and I was walking down the street and I saw someone coming toward me with a Hollister T-shirt. And I said, that's it. I got to call her. So the spirits do help guide people to where they can get help. And they do make this happen. They really do. We don't have a whole lot of time. I'm going to try to squeeze a couple more phone calls in here. But before we do, um, when you wrote the book, what were you hoping that people who bought it and read it would be able to say at the end? What, what's the difference you want to make to those people? I wrote it with the curious and brokenhearted in mind. I wrote it for people who think they know a, a little bit and are afraid about the rest. And I also wrote it for people who think they know it all, and maybe there isn't anything else to learn. So the way the book is written, people can start with one question and then be guided, almost like a Google search, through other questions. But at the end, what I'm hoping people will walk away with is a sense of confidence that those they love are with them and that they are not alone, we will all be together again, and we are indeed loved. Let's jump back to the phone lines. This is, Eddie's telling me, is, 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 it, is, this, is this David? Uh, yes, this is David. Hey, David, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Hi, David. As 
I speak with you, I see sort of two lines that you run on, kind of the uh, intellectual, maybe scientific side, but then a real strong heart line. Does that make sense to you? Do you sometimes feel like you face life divided? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so this is this can be challenging because I feel like you think you have to be very logical. You think you have to be scientific. You think you have to pursue higher education. You have to develop that intellectual side of you. And yet there's part of you that is deeply, deeply poetic and emotional. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, because I hear music with you, I hear art, I hear creativity. So there is that side to you. You get that, correct? Yes, I do. Now, as I look at your father's line and as I look at the father side of the family, it feels as though there could be interruptions, father to son, father to son, father to son. So not all fathers and sons have gotten along here. You get that, right? Yes. I do. Okay, I do. so you may feel a little separated out from your father's side of the family, correct? Uh, yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, my father's passed away, and I was very right. close to him. But, but you have but also separate. felt separated from that side of the family. Isn't that the case? Uh, yes. Okay, because the man here, I see grandfather, who I think is also passed, too. So I've got grandfather, father, and there seems to be these interruptions in the family line. So now, do you know a Sam or a Sammy, by the way? Uh, no, no, I do Okay, not. well, that's coming through with grandfather on father's side. So you may want to check that out. Okay. All right, so see about that. Um, wow. You were not able to be with your father when he passed, correct? Correct. Okay, because he lets me know that you were not present. And I wow. think that this has been a difficult thing for you for quite some time. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Okay, so he wants you to know that there has not been a day that has gone by that he has not been present for you. Wow. Because the two of you did not have those final words. You may not have thought that he understood you, but he wants you to know he understood you more than he ever wanted to admit. And he yeah. was concerned for you because he had this idea of how a man was supposed to be in the world. Yeah. And you were not headed in that direction. So you had a disagreement, maybe even about what you wanted to do as a career or what school you wanted to go to. I think he wanted you to follow in his footsteps. He was afraid for you. But now what he has learned is you are fully capable of living your life. And you demonstrate love in a way that he was not always able to. So I'd like to say he's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, but he's not a gushy man. You get that, right? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. so he's not saying that, but I'm going to go with the feeling that I have of love. You see, you, David, are able to say, I love you, and your father admires you and respects you and is proud of you for that. May I leave you with that, my dear? Thank you so much, yeah. You're very welcome.
David, thank you so much for the phone call. Um, wow, again, I'm 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 just uh, I'm. I'm, I'm a bit emotional from, from a conversation like that because I actually heard glimpses of my relationship with my father and in, in what you were saying to David. Well, and that's what happens. You see, the, the spirits piggyback on each other's messages. And I will see this when I do large groups, whether it's on Zoom, um, and I do spirit circles, so people will see this on Zoom, where we're not even in the same room, and yet there are thematic refrains. And you would think that I chose the people to be on these calls, which I don't. People just buy tickets and show up. you know. Uh, but you would think it was orchestrated in some way, but it's not orchestrated by me. You also um, mentioned animals. Can you communicate with animals that have passed on? Yes. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love animals because they're really, the personalities are unbelievable. And I remember a guy standing up during an event that I was doing. He said, okay, he goes, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give you the fact that you can talk with, with spirits, but animals, are you kidding? They have something to say to you. I said, well, you obviously are not an animal lover or owner, or you would know they understand everything you say. So, yes, they are our confidants. In many, in many ways, they are our children. They are family members, and they come to us that way. We're going to take one more phone call, then, then we, we're going to be running out of time here. But this is Teresa. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the program. Hey, JV. How you doing? Terrific. Hi, Terrific. Hey, Teresa. So who is Mary or Marie, by the way, for you? Is this on mother's uh, side of the family? Uh, no, Teresa Maria. Uh, oh, who is named that? after a Catholic saint. <laughs> so oh, that's you... your saint. Oh, okay, because I'm like, well, geez, who is this now? And it's your middle name, so, right? Is that what you said? I just want you to know, yeah, are there it's, statues it's my middle to this name. saint? I'm, a, I'm from a Roman Catholic family, and we our middle names are all after saints. Okay, so this is your <laughs> saint, then. So I just want yeah. you to know, even if you step away from a religious background, your religious background, you still are under this protection of of the love of these saints. You get that, right? Um, I've never been sure about that. I'm I'm closer to divine creator, and I do have spirit guides. Yes, but, right. Uh, I don't but know what, about listen, all the listen saints, to what but... I'm saying. You're, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No matter how you may step away from the Catholic faith, you know, as sort of the way you live your life, please know that you will never be away from the protection of the saints that have been prayed to in your family. Oh, well, that's That energy is with you. It's a protective influence with you. Awesome. All right. So just know that. that You have a grandmother (laughs) on your mother's side who has passed, by the way? Uh, yes. Okay. You were also hoping to speak with a male here today? Well, no. I'm actually calling for one of the other viewers in our chat room. Her uh, her name is Elina, and um, she's unable physically to make the call herself, so she's asked me to represent her with you. Is that possible? Uh, sure. She has a question for you because... She's been watching this television show where the paranormal investigators are working with the spirit boxes. Are you familiar with those? I'm not sure what that is. That's like um, 
Hollis, you may know it as a Frank's box. It's a it's a it's a radio it's a it's a radio receiver that scans the oh, frequencies okay, very very quickly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting EVPs and things like that. And you get yeah, and as it scans the radio dial rapidly, you hear words, and yes. some people oh, believe sure. it's a communication sure. tool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's actually got some spirits coming through that predicted some of this coronavirus activity. And now lately, the spirits that are coming through the box are apparently communicating something about wartime. Um, do you feel that the spirits would be able to actually reveal something like that to us, to go that far as to talk about, you know, the future? Or would they be more or less just holding back and giving us suggestions and guidelines? Well, I don't think the spirits hold back. Um, in my work, it is very specifically friends, relatives, angels, and guides working with people um, mm -hmm. and healing issues in their lives. Um, as I talked about the angels showing up for me and, you know, realizing, even writing that there was threat to life on the planet, I could not conceive what that was at the time I wrote that. So what I would say is spirits give us what we can understand. And sometimes that is limited. Uh, and we don't have the full understanding until we're in the situation. And then it's kind of like hindsight is 2020 and we go, oh, that's what they meant. But what uh. I've discovered is that each step along the way, we are guided. And so if we are connected with spirit, we will be where we are meant to be at any given moment in time. And so therefore, we don't have to be afraid or depend on predictions, because general predictions do not indicate what a person's experience is going to be. It could be very different from what the overall, like all the people in this pandemic, everybody is having different experiences. Some are the same, but some people are doing better than others. So it isn't a one size mm -hmm. fits all the future. You get that, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope that helps. Thanks. Well, thank you so much on behalf of Elena and myself. I really appreciate that. And JD, okay. If and I if have she a has a father second. in spirit, I just want to say hello then. Well, yes, and I just I just wanted to ask you one thing real quick for myself, if I have time, JV. Sure, go ahead. You have a couple um, minutes, Teresa. Go ahead. Well, thank you. I I it's something you said to me when I first got on the phone with you about the family um, saints. Yes. When I do when I do deep meditation, and I travel in my meditation, and I meet up with some guides. Mm -hmm. It's typically in the form of defined feminine, the maiden feminine form. Okay. And it's very strong. It's been with me always. And my mother used to do weekly novenas to Mary, Mother of God, all the okay. time. And I myself, as a teenager, participated in doing the uh, novenas. So I, I, I know I have a pre-programming, if you will, in my mind of a divine feminine form. Yes, um, and, and, and when you got on, I think I said, who's Mary or Marie? 
And so yeah. it, it, in your mm-hmm. case, it is actually both. Yes. Mother Mary the, the divine feminine. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It is there for you. It is protective for you. It uh-huh. is, you know, the operational system for you, possibly. And how beautiful that is. Yes. It's always felt beautiful. Yes, it I is beautiful. I might not be a, a practicing Catholic anymore, but I've always had that feminine divine reach out to me in my times of need, and I just wanted to confirm that with you a little bit. Yes, that you... well, that's exactly what I was seeing when you called, and I'm so glad. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, and thank you, JV, and have a good night, everyone. You're welcome, Teresa. All right, thank take you care. For, thank you for being such an important member of our chat room, too. Um Hollis, we're almost out of time. A couple quick questions. I just, because I can't leave these alone without knowing the answers to them. Um, as a medium, are you able to turn this on and off or are you yes. constantly bombarded? I'm clap on, clap off. Okay. Absolutely. Well, so you, when we're done tonight, we're done. And that's part of the boundary uh, stuff that I've set up with the spirits. It's part of my agreement with them. When you say agreement, I know that it's kind of a figurative uh, way to answer it, but do you, can you actually just say, okay, listen, spirit world, I'm done for the night and uh, I'll let you know when I'm, I'm back in business? Well, yes, I've developed this over time um, that this is, I have office hours and we set up appointments and I have events and this is when I'm doing this. And otherwise, I'm connected with loved ones. I'm connected with my angels and guides, much as I encourage other people to be in their everyday lives, where I know that I'm guided. I look for synchronicities, but it's not as though I look up and there's my mom sitting on my sofa talking to me. So it's when I step into the space of spirit communication, everything is elevated, higher frequencies move in, and then when I'm done, I'm back into my everyday Hollister Rand person. And what about um, your loved ones? I, I can't imagine. There must be a great temptation to be in constant communication with the people that you've personally lost. There is a fail-safe, it seems, built into the universe, and mediumship is a work of service, not self-service. So what I will see is people come to classes hoping to get in touch with their own loved ones. And by the time they are done with a mediumship workshop with me, they realize, oh my goodness, I'm providing messages for other people here. So what begins to happen is the service aspect takes over. Uh, I find that I connect with my loved ones through my friends who are mediums more than I connect with them myself. If you, have you ever been called on by law enforcement to help them find uh, maybe a missing person who is believed to be deceased? I have not, and it's not something that I have pursued. Um, I'm not, I read mystery novels, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be in one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one of our uh, our chatters is, is asking about uh, help with finding a missing person. And um, do you have a recommendation? Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, that's a tough, I it's a tough thing. I don't know anyone who does that specifically. Yeah. So the book is uh, out now, Hollister? Is it already out? Yes, it came out May 5th. Okay, so, so we're going on month two 
Um, and it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com, uh, Beyond Words, and anywhere books are sold. And I know on your website you um, at least have a heading on the website that says private sessions. You also have events. Anything in either of those two categories you want to mention? Well, I do spirit circles, five people online. Everybody gets a message. Uh, and I do private sessions, half hour, 50 minutes. And they can anybody interested in that can find the information on your sure, website, just go right? To my website, HollisterRand.com. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Hollister. It was a real pleasure. Very interesting, and um, obviously very inspirational to a lot of people. Well, I loved it. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.